Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And I have been feeling called to break through the illusion, that same illusion that we're talking about when it comes to leadership. When we're talking about boundaries, we're talking about different kinds of leadership. We're hearing about feminine rising. And I really have felt called to bring this conversation of really women leading that change that we want to see in the world, leading leading ourselves personally, really getting involved locally and globally with leadership, understanding men and women's roles, the masculine and feminine principles, It's time for women to step forward and lead that change that we want to see. So what do I mean by all this? Well, imagine a world organized around the principles of nature, the principles of creation herself and our inherent unity and wholeness. Imagine a world designed around a sacred relationship with ourselves, others, and all of creation. And imagine this world being transformed by each of us recognizing we are whole beings within a greater whole. And when we contribute to and serve this larger whole, it gives back and contributes to our fullest and healthiest individual expression. I am so pleased to bring you this ongoing conversation today about women leading change. And I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment. Open your mind and heart and settle into your essential wholeness as I welcome my two guests. And I'm not going to read bios today. I encourage you to go to the website and read about them. Both of them are former guests here on the show. And I'm really happy to welcome back Shelly Ostroff and Quincy Kroll. Hello, Shelly. Hi, Julie. Hello. And hello, Quincy. Hello. Great to be here welcome again. Back. Yeah, well, welcome back to the show. We have Shelly, who is in Jerusalem at a very late hour right now, and Quincy's in New York City, and I'm in rural America, and I can't think of anything I'd rather do than have this conversation with the two of you today. It seems so relevant and important. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yeah. And I have a story, and Shelly, I... I I'm going to surprise you with this story and Quincy as well. She doesn't know this whole story, but I had this really meaningful experience yesterday. And after I had this experience, I thought this is, this is exactly why we have to have this conversation on the planet. It is time for that feminine rising. And what does that really mean? So Shelly, I'm going to, um, kind of share some background on this because Quincy knows me, but we have a house at a lake. We have a cabin on a lake and we enjoy it. Oh gosh, nine months out of the year, but um, we're there almost full time in the spring, summer and early fall. And then we put it up on Airbnb during the winter months when we're not there so much. And yesterday I was there after a 
family came for Christmas and literally the cabin has been so full all of November and December with families gathering for the holidays. And so to me, what a joy, what a blessing. And I had an experience um, about three weeks ago of a family that just left it totally messy. And I went to clean after this family and I was just in this really negative place with my energy and all frustrated. And so I, after I cleaned, I thought, you know, I'm just going to leave a note and I'm going to say, thank you for leaving our home light in the condition that you found it and just left a note. And then the next couple of guests were so good. Yesterday I walked in and um, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible by any means and it never is, but I was in this place of seeing their dinner splattered from cooking and there was just stuff all over the floors and things were in the wrong places. And it was just like, I was in this place and I was in this place of frustration again. And I'm, I'm looking around and having this negative conversation in my head. And then I stopped to myself and I said, Julie, what do you need to come back to your joy about sharing your cabin? What do you need to come back to the joy of really having this opportunity here? And I hear this voice say, you're a steward. No one owns this and everyone owns this. And I had just gotten off a call with Good of the Whole. And I'm like, well, that's what we say with Good of the Whole. Good of the Whole is an organization that's an organism and no one owns it and everyone owns it. And and we're stewards of it. And so I'm like beating myself back up, having this negative conversation again. And all of a sudden I hear it again. And my whole my whole perspective shifted in a flash. And I went, oh. I don't own this space. I'm a steward of this space. And I go back into this greater, larger perspective of who we are on the planet and that we really don't own anything, right? We're all a part of creation. And who are we to think we can parcel off land and say it's mine and own it? And what I was doing was I was in separation. I was thinking this is my cabin and these other people didn't take care of it the way I would take care of it. And I was having this whole conversation in my head coming from that place of separation. And so I know this is a long story and storytelling, but when I went and I allowed myself to relax back into wholeness and and my inner connected with all things, I got back to the joy of being a steward of this lake house and i went back to the joy i'm seeing i'm seeing the sparkles off of their gifts they had three families come from three different states here in the united states and they converged here so they could all be together and i was back into the joy of the stewardship and the custodianship of my experience at the lake house and so i i was back into joy immediately and so i thought okay just to start this conversation off with uh, the feminine principle really of our wholeness and what that really means when we look at at our world at our planet at our life 
our, our individual lives as part of this greater whole. So I'm just going to pause and let either of you jump into my little example before we move deeper into this, because I think um, for me, it was really helpful for me to shift that entire perspective from, from separation back into wholeness. Anyone want to jump in? Um, first of all, I, I think it's quite... Um very moving how you actually were able to transform that experience and uh, and really to do it by understanding, you know, going through that process of understanding that the cabin doesn't belong to you and, you know, the craziness of this concept of ownership and the willingness to really, and the, and the gratefulness of being the provider and the, the one who's enabled to offer it to others. So that's very beautiful. And it also reminds me of the pain that we have. You know, there is a lot of pain there when we see that, you know, that we that others of us, we and others are not really taking up that stewardship way in role in a sacred way. Yeah. You know, and um and each of us, I think, you know, I look at the ways that I'm not doing it as much as I look outside, it's up to each of us to look at how we're not doing it ourselves and what we can do to take that stewardship role up in a more whole way. So those are my initial responses. But yes, what a beautiful metaphor, what a beautiful story to, you know, to help us think about how we look after the planet. Well, I yeah, really appreciate I you. Go ahead, Quincy. I was just appreciating how you brought back in how others and the pain, because that is what's going on on the planet. But I'm going to let Quincy jump in here. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, I think that's exactly where we need to start in the simplest moments that don't seem profound, but every moment it can be profound if we really look in and um, take those little life lessons and to be able to apply it in a bigger way. Um, I also agree that it's, it's beautiful that you came to that conclusion. And yeah, I'm, I'm completely sad for now. Wow. Thank you for, for bringing that in. And the, the piece of the, the pain, Shelley, is really, I wasn't identified with that, which I probably would have went into that greater grief, too, of, of really how that is a metaphor for our planet. But because I could go into my stewardship and shift my perspective and my awareness, I was back into my joy of taking care of it. And mm -hmm. the other joy was that because I can take care of it in the winter and allow and really share it, you know, from this place of generosity, share this sacred space to me, I get to use it in the summer and I have great joy in, in being able to use it more. So, the, so yeah, I shifted from that perspective, but it is a great metaphor on both sides of that. Wow. I know. I, yeah. Hmm. Thanks, Shelley. Thank you. I think just one more association comes up and that's um, when we actually are able to make that shift from the pain to the joy, there's a very powerful process of healing that we're involved in. Mm. So um, it's really, you know, moving, shifting the pain and saying, well, I'm learning from this, how to grow myself. And also you, you also contributed to others by leaving that note and helping them understand that um, just that little note that you left. So yeah. it's it's your contribution to transforming the way that people take up their role just by a little note that you left. And maybe next time you'll 
write a slightly different note, but it's, <laughs> it's that constant, it's that constant uh, healing process that we're in of being able to transform um, that for me is, is enlivening. And, and yeah. I think that that's what, what I hear in, in your voice yesterday when you shifted, when you made that beautiful shift. Yeah, thank you. I do think the next note will be slightly different because my first note was written from that place of separation. Like, this is my home. You need to please leave it in the same condition you found it. And so that note to me was a start of a realization that I was having of mentoring. But I do believe this next note will speak of stewardship. So let's just focus in on stewardship as a leadership quality right now, because I think when we look at this idea of ownership versus stewardship and custodianship and guardianship, it's a very different conversation. It doesn't come from separation, which is more of a feminine principle in leadership. Would you agree with that? What would you, what would either of you contribute to the, the conversation about stewardship? Shelley? Well, um, I think it's, I think it's really something about, uh, you know, I was thinking as you were talking about what is the note that mother earth left us that we're not, mm. we're not listening to, you know, she left, mm. us, she left us the note, you know, okay, please use this, but leave it better, you know, better for having been here. Yes. And <laughs> so I was just, you know, just thinking that we are guests here. And uh, what is the note that she has left us and that we're not getting? And if she would leave us a note, what would that be? And how would we take up our stewardship role differently? And when you talk about stewardship um, as opposed to leadership, I'm not sure it's as opposed to, I think it's leadership as stewardship. Um, and I think that the stewardship that you're bringing in is a parental kind of stewardship, which has a lot to do with the um, the uh, very um, the dance of the masculine and feminine, but led by the feminine. Mm. So that's that's it's it's a very you know it's parental and it's got the masculine and feminine there working in harmony for the good of the whole as good parents know how to do and um and also as good children know how to do to take care of their aging parents mm. so it's Beautiful. not separateness it's family i like that do you want to add anything to that quincy i love that i love adding a piece of taking care of your parents as they um get older because i think that's something that's kind of lost in our culture, <laughs> um, in our culture here in America, you know, where I know uh, it's such a, it's, it's such a grace and, um, the word, yeah, grace and compassion that I wonder how to steward that back into our culture, you know, thinking of the people that are coming to the cabin they're not considering it their space, you know, this, this sacred space. It's like, oh, it's a place that you're renting for a few days, but it's convenient. It's nice. It's comfortable. Um, people are gathering together. It's all great. And there are some that do, I know, um, write thank you notes in the, in the journal of the cabin. And you do feel the appreciation. And I, I just wonder how to roll that, that love, and gratitude forward from a stewardship 
position. Um, because I know, I know the feeling of, oh, you know, <laughs> why aren't you cleaning up after? Like, I don't understand. Um, it's so easy to go to that, that place. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious how to hold that as a steward of, of being so gracious and compassionate and an open door. Um, yeah, I wonder, you know, I'm thinking of the giving tree too. Mm-hmm. the book of the giving tree <laughs> and and that you know i will give and give and give and how do you not be depleted you know from my perspective reading that book the tree is is not being taken care of it's not being appreciated and mm-hmm. and how does it still survive and still love and still give um that's a piece that i think is so hard to teach and i just wonder how to um, yeah, be in that place because, yeah, I'll, I'll stop there. Yeah, I, I, really, I really appreciate what you're saying, Quincy, because I so identify with, the, you know, this constant, this idea that of unconditional love, that something can constantly give and give and give, even when it's being uh, abused, basically. Yeah. And, and I mm-hmm. think that sometimes there's a, uh, there's a, a really shadow side to this concept of the mother's unconditional love. Um, something about, uh, you know, we can do whatever we want to the feminine and she'll still love us because that's her role. And I think we've abused that concept. And while she may come with a place of unconditional love, when she's totally depleted, she doesn't have any love to give. And she can also be enraged and she can also uh, be furious. So, yeah. um, so that's one part. And the other part of what you said was, was really about, you know, this whole concept of when you pay for something, it's almost like you think, well, you know, I can do whatever I want. I'm paying for it. And it's mm-hmm. this disconnection, this deep disconnection between um, honoring and, you know, this paying, which is almost like, um, it's almost like prostitution. Mm. You, know, yeah, you know, I'm paying for it so I can do whatever I want. Wow. Yeah. You know, this. you're just, you guys both are expanding this metaphor for me. And I really appreciate you dropping in the, the shadow part of our, our feminine gifts, our feminine strengths are in giving and loving and nurturing and serving, right? And bringing in this shadow piece is really important because all of a sudden I'm seeing myself, this might be a therapy session for Julie today, because I'm seeing myself as not giving myself permission to really be angry or to be frustrated yesterday. I, you know, I was like, how do I shift out of this and get right back to my joy? But what would happen if I really allowed myself to feel that pain, because I know it's an ongoing um, piece that I've been working on, I, I that I really worked on the last few months in 2017. And it's, it's, it's easy to say we must give from our place of abundance and serve from the spilling over of of ourselves being filled and full. It's easy to say that, but as women, I know my experience has been, I will give and give and give like that giving tree. And then I do feel depleted. And then I do feel guilty for feeling depleted or um, like something's wrong 
with me. Like, of course I'll give more. You need something? And, you know, I found myself during the holidays wanting it to be perfect for everybody. So I continued to, you know, and I had, I had guests in my home until New Year's Day. And, and I want to be the great hostess and I want to everybody to have a great time and a great experience and nourishing food and, and a beautiful environment. And, and so I was in that giving, giving, giving. So, wow, powerful lesson for Julie today. Mm. Mm. Yep. Yeah. It's um, something that, um, that I feel so important is that sacred relationship is the relationship of mutual nourishment and it can never only be one way. And if it's one way, then it's unhealthy. So, you know, if, if we feel, if we talk about the, um, you know, the unconditional love of the mother, as if we're saying, well, doesn't the father love unconditionally? It's not actually acknowledging that the father can also yeah. love unconditionally or that both of them don't love unconditionally, but you have to have the conditions in which to be able to love. And how do we create the conditions for the love to flow between rather than focusing on, you know, um, on this idealizing the, the idea of unconditional love? Mm. Beautiful. You know, Shelley, uh, that reminds me of what I mentioned in the intro when I was talking about this sacred relationship. Like, imagine our world where the principles of sacred relationship with self and others and all of creation are at the center of our governance and our leadership. And, and just like you're talking about this unconditional love of the mother and the father, what about the unconditional love of the self? And what does that really mean? And how do we as women um, really allow that voice to come forward in these times? We really, really are called to lead with that voice right now. Mm. Yeah. Quincy, when you're in um, New York City and you're a millennial, and mm -hmm. not that that makes a difference. You're a wise, wonderful woman. Mm -hmm. But with your generation, um, what do you think? How, how can we get this voice of the feminine rising to the younger ones? I know you're very motivated to get it into schools, to get it with, with teenagers and, and preteens and, and bring that. But what does your generation need from our generation? Well, I think from my perspective, um, before the call, <laughs> sorry, my, my dog is <laughs> my cord. Um, before, before the call, I was reflecting on feminine power and what that means to me. And when I think of power, even, you know, feminine power, I see, you know, Beyonce or Pink or Michelle Obama or it, I, I see these women who to me they're just like I see them as powerhouses and in my personal life it's like oh well yeah like I want to go do I'm going to go accomplish and then I have a lot of masculine energy in me and it's like I have to bring up my masculine power to feel that that power and then it's the time when I sit back and not do anything and I'm in prayer or meditation and 
things move in my direction. And it's like, it doesn't feel like power. It feels like, like, um, I don't want to say magic, but it, it's, you know, it's like, wow, look at, it is power, but it feels very different. So for me, it's trying to balance, you know, what, what exactly does feminine power look like? And how do we access the divine feminine within us where we don't have to try so hard and do so hard, work so hard, where it's just like trusting in that innate, innate energy and the innate power that we have. And that's where I would love some wisdom. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) This is great. I, this is a great place to take a break. And I know Shelly has a lot to say about that. And now I'm all fired up too. Like I really want to respond to that. And I just got off a call this morning and we were talking about this very thing. So we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the Dr. Julie show, all things connected. I'm here with Shelly Ostroff and Quincy Kroll. We're talking about women leading the change. We'll be right back. teenage boy, I didn't even know what autism was. How do you even spell that? A few years later, I heard that a friend's cousin's son had been diagnosed with autism. I still wasn't sure what that really meant. When I went to college, my roommate's brother had autism. When I moved to the city for work, my best friend called me and told me his son had been diagnosed with autism. We were both in shock. I still remember the day I walked into the house and saw that look on my wife's face. I knew something was wrong. I'll never forget how I felt when she said, our son has autism. Autism is getting closer to home. Today, one in 110 children is diagnosed with autism. That's a 600% increase in the last 20 years. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. So you see, son, good manners are very, very important. Someday, many years from now, when you're a grown-up, you'll be a man. And when you are, you should be a gentleman. Do you want me to go through it one more time? Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Exactly. Always say please, thank you, you're welcome, and excuse me. Sit up straight, hold doors open for ladies. If a door's shut, then knock first. Don't burp, don't swear, don't speak with your mouthful, don't reach across people's plates, keep your elbows off the table. What table? And don't interrupt. While we're at it, don't stare, don't use foul language, don't call people names, but do remember people's names. Always share your toys, play nice, and cover your mouth when you cough or sneeze. On the bus, give up your seat to anyone who has trouble standing. Bottom line, treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Got it? Got it. And stop picking your nose. Post-parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. 
For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Miles, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. Come on, smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. Yeah, maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. Or maybe he's teething. Maybe it's just a phase. Maybe he has autism, and we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Empowering you for a better life. This is Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you are inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also, stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I'm here today with Shelly Ostroff and Quincy Kroll. We are talking about women leading the change. And Shelly had this beautiful initiative of seven days of rest and bringing rest and restoration into our life and our consciousness for the beginning of 2018. And, and it's just been a beautiful journey thus far with lots of really beautiful things emerging from within that. And that's what inspired me to have this conversation and invite Shelly here today to really talk about this feminine rising and, and what that really means. But right before the break, welcome back guys, right before the break, Quincy was talking about this idea of being versus doing and what happens when we really rest and relax into this connection with all things. I'm going to speak this from my perspective and then turn it over to you, Shelly. Quincy was asking us for some wisdom. And this morning I was on a call and we were talking about this seven days of rest and that restorative quality of, of rest. And what occurred to me on that call that I shared was that when we really really honor that relationship, that sacred relationship of connectedness, that interconnection of all things, we literally move into this place of trusting ourselves as whole beings within a greater whole. And so I was sharing that this morning. And as I was doing that, I was talking about how when I can go back to that place and just rest in the awareness of my wholeness within a greater whole, and that place of allowing this sacred intelligence, this loving intelligence of the universe that's within all of creation, allowing it to do its thing, then literally all my needs are taken care of. Like that's the miracle zone. I think Quincy, you were talking about magic and others will call it miracles, but really it's, it's the part of this creation and how things work when we really allow ourselves to be whole and contribute to and be in service of a greater whole, then all of a sudden our needs are taken care of from the whole. Shelly, I've been calling that the wholeness code, and I think you call it the vitality code. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, 
Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, I, I so much love what you're saying, Julie, about, you know, that, that place of real doing and being from our connectedness to the whole. Um, and what Quincy spoke about is that, you know, resting in the, in the power, they're finding that power. And, and, and what I think what you're mentioning here is something about that there's, there's two kinds of power. One of them is really power with, you know, power with the whole. Where um, when we're in power with the whole, it's those magical moments. It's not a power of domination and it's not a power of hoarding for one's own benefit and privilege. It's a power of being a unique and functional and contributing part of a whole. And um, when I have been, you know, I've been studying, uh, I've been working with leadership and governance and uh, organizations and whole system transformation for a long time. And recently I've been working on this concept of eco-governance and what I was uh, revealed in a way was that there's a basic code of life and that code is, I call it the vitality code, but it's actually the code of accurate mutual nourishment. Mm. And that's the code of sacred relationship. And that is a simple code by which um, life basically evolves in optimal harmony and diversity because it ensures that each part of the whole receives precisely what it needs in order to manifest its unique potential in service of the whole. It's like a human body. You know, each part needs to receive exactly what it needs in order to serve the whole. Um, and it's, it's both separate on one level and connected on another level. It's a, it's a, it's a coherent whole that is connected to the larger whole, but it has a unique function. And I think so much of the way our imbalance today comes from this paradigm of domination and separateness and privilege. So that when we talk about power, you know, we see, oh, well, you know, becoming another great star and hoarding and showing the power by what we have. And it's, it's less the code of that mutual nourishment because in nature, uh, we don't have talents for ourselves. Talents are not given to us for our use alone. They're given to us to serve the environment and we've lost that. And so when I think about the vitality code and when I think about eco-governance and the economy and education and media, all really revolving around this simple code, which is how do we ensure that each part of the whole gets exactly what it needs to serve the whole. So it's reconnecting the part and the whole through a code that doesn't depend on any one leader. It depends on all of us being led by this code of nature. Mm. That is powerful. That is such a beautiful explanation of this. Quincy, did that spark off any, um, I can just, I can just see lots of lights lighting up inside of you right now, listening to that, but yeah. How do you respond to that? Yeah. Um, I want more. <laughs> it's like, I would love to, I, I want to know how to how each individual cell can get what it needs, how to serve each individual cell in order to serve the whole. Because um, yeah. I'm thinking of, you know, what it sparked for me was poverty and why are people living in poverty? And, and poverty leads to imprisonment most of the time because they're trying to catch a break. And, you know, it's just like it's a downward spiral that feels overwhelming and I know that that's I, I, it might be going on a totally another track but how do I guess on a personal level how do we 
hold that? How do we how do we believe and know that each individual cell is being served when from our perception and may not appear to be so? Mm. Yeah, I think Shelley, what she's asking is how do we really align with the principles of nature? And you know, knowing that nature organizes itself, it's a whole system that is created for harmony and diversity and, and the biodiversity, and yet when we live in a consciousness of separation, we're not seeing it from that perspective. So really to me that, that mm-hmm. what Quince? I said beautifully put. Yes. That is exactly mm-hmm. what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like how do we, it, and to me, it's, it's a matter of, of teaching the levels of consciousness and, and waking people to um, what we're talking here with our, with our wholeness and really aligning with this blueprint that's already within us. What would you add, Shelley? How do we do that? Well, that's what I've been trying to figure out for many years now. <laughs> and, <laughs> and what I've come up with, which, which is almost at the point of, of real full articulation, and I think that this is a transition period, is really um, it has to be a whole system intervention because it's not linear. The transformation is not linear. Yes. So you have to work with all sectors at the same time, whether you work with education, you work with media, you work with the economy, you work with all of these, and you take the change makers who are already there and you organize together to really put in place an alternative system, which works according to this other principle. And there are people in all those sectors that already know how to do it. And it's pulling them together to show now how it works as a whole and to create that whole and then to offer it as a blueprint for the larger society. And because it has such a a place of integrity and vitality and accuracy, um, it draws more and more people in. Um, and, you know, there's a system that, that comes with it, which is a system of, of um, I mean, I could go into it and it's quite long and maybe we'll talk about it in depth another time. But when you think about democracy, for instance, democracy, we, we idealize democracy, but it's a very flawed system because it is, it, it is based on uh, separateness and privilege and it doesn't give voice to all parts of the whole. It doesn't give voice to the trees and it doesn't give voice to Mother Earth and it doesn't give voice to the water. And it's very human centered and it's very, it pulls towards division because you're always fighting about majority minority. There's always going to be a winner and a loser. And the idea that one, that the smallest part of the, you, you know, that, that small parts are less important than big parts is, 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 is ridiculous. So I, I wrote something called a, a piece called Deconstructing a Democracy where I pulled all of this out. But I just, to move a second back to the feminine, um, you know, one of the, uh, this, is, this is the piece that I think is, is relevant to the conversation around the feminine leadership because I, I really, um, I think that women do have an innate ability and, uh, and drive to make sure that all parts are accurately fed mm-hmm. and they know how to work a budget and they know how to take care, the, care of the different children's needs and, and the garden and the neighbors because they know basically that if the neighbor's children are ill or if the neighbor's, neighbor's children are suffering, then their children will suffer. You can't create safety in one part of the whole and not in another. So they work as a village to look after the whole. And, um, you know, if, if we really kind of understood this deeply, because, and I do think that women probably, because of their um, biological role, um, have more, have a more innate capacity. I don't think that it's, I think men, 
evolved men understand it just as well and can offer essential parts of it. But to go back to that deep feminine leadership and say, how do we take care of all parts of the whole using our budget creatively, you know, using our resources creatively to make sure each part is nourished and has the, the, their unique needs met. And this is the part where I think that it's about the feminine rising now, because it's that wisdom that needs to come forth. And, um, and so from seven days of rest, there's actually a woman who, by the name of Mira Michelle, who is leading a call to say, uh, this is the time, you know, uh, to, to get f the feminine to rise. And it's that part that she's talking about in solidarity with the earth, in solidarity with the feminine. And that principle of really making sure that everybody has their needs met in a way that doesn't take away from other people or other animals or other species or mother earth herself. Mm. Yeah, that is so beautiful. Thank you for bringing that in. And just um, even the whole conversation around using our resources creatively and wisely and and coming into this wisdom allowing it to emerge you know just sitting back listening to your voice which i always love listening to your wisdom shelly but i'm thinking about this this conversation and how when we do shift into this wholeness of of the truth of who we are and this interconnected reality and really honor the the diversity and honor the interdependence in a way um the wisdom comes forward like it emerges from within the whole and yes the women the women are hearing and listening and are so in tuned with it because we we do give life and give birth right we we take care of the young i i love that the whole idea of the village and i just had this conversation with quincy actually um just a, over the holidays we were talking and you know we're talking about the merits of of living in a city versus living in a small town and and really the wisdom that comes from a village um mustn't be left behind just like the masculine wisdom need not be left behind there's really a call right now as this feminine is rising is to just take her place in the balance of masculine and feminine and so i want to i want to bring that back into the conversation too because the gifts that we bring they're kind of like what you were describing, Shelley, and I'd love to hear both your feedback on, on this, is that really if every individual cell within the collective body needs to be taken care of for their own unique expression within the whole, then this isn't just to swing the pendulum toward the the female and the feminine rising as um, putting them on top of a, a hierarchical old model. This is not what we're talking about. We're really bringing the voice and the wisdom into a whole and back into balance and harmony with the masculine and feminine. And um, yeah, I feel like I'm talking in circles, but that's what we are we're really looking at right is the spiraling of what's happening in leadership that's very different than the democracy and and the patriarchy and and the other models that we've talked about so sorry shelly your beautiful words just got 
<laughs> dissolved in, in my plethora of like responding here. But Quincy, does that help mm -hmm. you look at feminine the, and the feminine qualities and the feminine rising any differently? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I think this is so important that, you know, what I was saying earlier of um, this masculine power that I have in and even having in me um, and, and seeing honoring the masculine is so important and not fighting the masculine, not fighting back for the feminine power, you know, because I still, you know, I see the, um, the girl on the poster with the muscle and the red bandana, I can't think of her name, the famous poster and, and women marches and feminism and, you know, all of these things that are fighting back at to own our power, which is beautiful because now we are seeing a huge um, force coming up, you know, huge force of power that's saying, yes, we have a voice too, and we have a very strong voice, which is all beautiful and awesome. And it's also honoring the masculine and honoring the systems that have been created. And if we can, if we can do that, I, that, yeah, wow. Um, it would be great <laughs> to see the men honor the feminine power and to know I would love for I'm envisioning all of these, you know, high rise buildings in New York City that to me is like power, money, status. It would be and I am seeing it more and more in, in certain companies of, of really honoring um there is a lot of feminine energy that is um, combining and, and there's more nurturing than I'm seeing in, in big corporations. This one that I recently worked for, but that, that, yeah, that is where the power is. If we can converge the two and honor both within us and not being afraid of, you know, I'm thinking of, um, my fiance, you know, sometimes there's, there's innate wisdom, wisdom that I have that I just like, I know that this is going to be, or I know this is, the right decision for me and I may not have the answers and of why or how to explain the answers of, of why this is the right decision where he is the analytical one. And, and so it would be, it, it's going to be so, I, I, I want, I want the conversion. <laughs> I know it's mm -hmm. happening. I, I know it's happening. Um, but that, I imagine, wow, I just really break open a lot of beautiful things if we can come together and honor both feminine and masculine. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. So, sorry, go ahead, Julie. Yeah, I'm just I'm just hearing your 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 voice here and and um, the aligning with the the balance piece aligning with the, mm -hmm. the nature and creation and and then but the most important is creating the systems that just gently replace the others it's like mm -hmm. um when quincy said don't fight against something you know and, and that's we're set up on this whole consciousness of of battling and competition mm -hmm. and war and so i'm hearing your voice invite us again back into um working together bringing forward all of this wisdom in a balanced way and then really converging the different systems that are already in place because you you're so right 
we have solutions in every aspect of life that are, are already here on the planet that we can celebrate. So it's like when they start working together and we bring this forward in a new way, it just makes the old systems obsolete, like Buckminster Fuller exactly. used to say. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we can't fight the systems there, but we can offer alternatives. And it takes, you know, it takes a different, a completely different um, mindset to offer something that is coherent. You know, like you can't change what Einstein said, you can't change, you can't solve a problem from the same paradigm from which, within which it was created. It has to come from a completely different language. And that's the language that I think we need to offer now, which is eco-governance. It's a language that actually doesn't talk about right and wrong. It doesn't, mm. you know, it doesn't have the polarities in it. Nature yeah. doesn't. And going back to the issue of the masculine and feminine that Quincy was talking about, you know, I, I really see it this way. I see um, that there's a, a, both the masculine and feminine, we've been through a period of immaturity and both the masculine and feminine have been out of balance. So it's not about replacing the immature masculine with the immature feminine, mm. which is also a hierarchical perspective and also has the tendency, you know, women can, women can also be very dominating and engulfing and um, destructive. It's, so it's, it's really about the evolved feminine and the evolved masculine. And because at least in one way, the masculine has been the dominant right now, and we've learned so much from it, both the gifts and the suffering, the feminine has behind the scenes really learned how to do things differently. In order to, the evolved feminine has been learning in the background to, to see how to manage all of this. She's been creating this healing process in in the background and now's the time for that evolved feminine to come forth and bring it into the world and it's almost like um the evolved feminine actually um really honors the masculine honors the sacred masculine and realizes she can't do it alone and she knows how to dance with the masculine within her and beyond her and she knows how to make space for it all. And that's why it's the feminine that has to lead now, because she's learned behind the scenes a lot of things that have not been expressed yet. And now there's a space for, for that feminine wisdom, both in the man and in the woman, to come forward. And it will probably be led by women, because that, their voice has, you know, has been lacking on the, uh, on the global scene. And it's been developed by women, but not only by women. Um, and, and it's time. It really does feel like it's time. There's so much that is showing it because there's an implosion of the old dominant. Um, but it's not about any woman leading. It's not about a woman leading in a masculine way. It's the evolved feminine and masculine working together with, it's almost like a dance with a feminine leading the dance. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for, for presencing that because it is important that it is about this beautiful dance and it's it's the power with the whole again and and that and really like we were talking about aligning with the principles of nature bring us back into balance and harmony and wisdom and creativity and so it really isn't a power over it's a power with I th thank you, Shelley. Thank you for presencing that too. And the evolved feminine and the evolved masculine in relationship now. Those are beautiful concepts. 
Wow, what a conversation this is today. I am just, I'm like reveling in the wisdom that's emerging and I'm just loving that we can speak of this now. And even just some of your languaging, Shelley, was um, like talking about the accurate mutual nourishment. What a beautiful concept for our listeners to revel in and to to, to kind of um, be contemplative with so that that can really soak in. So, ladies, we have about four minutes left, and I'd love to hear your dream for the feminine rising coming forward. If you each want to just spend a couple of minutes, a minute or two of just really talking about what does this look like moving forward for you? And I'll, I'll start with you, Shelly, because um, you're in the middle of this beautiful project and we are looking at um taking this forward now there's so many seeds that are being sown and cultivated and and nourished right now so what's your dream for feminine rising and, and moving forward in 2018 so being in the context of seven days of rest i invite all listeners to join seven days of rest and see what is emerging there i think in a very feminine and organic way it's giving place for everybody to lead from their unique wisdom and there has been you know a vision that's come forth of women um, leading the uh, a, a campaign of solidarity with the planet, with yes. Mother Earth, and so it's a real invitation for um, for every listener, man and woman, to to give voice to that solid solidarity with the feminine and with Mother Earth, in order to lead a new way forward and by giving voice to it in the context of seven days of rest by creating a video or by um by doing something uh creative with all any resources you have saying let us now express our solidarity with mother earth what is not in solidarity with her has no place here anymore mm. and and this is and everyone from their own unique perspective resources gifts to come forward and say this is how we need to express solidarity with the feminine and with mother earth um and i'm just really you know I'm, uh, it's, it's such an open invitation because i know that everyone will do it from their unique way and and be the most powerful that way but there's a space for this to happen beautiful beautiful i'm going to put links on the show and share that widely quincy in a minute or less any last words from you on dreaming into 2018 and the feminine rising i love this conversation and i definitely got very excited and passionate um i i do want to see um the divine masculine and feminine um, coming together. And so I'm just envisioning ways that I can, I can start with me and rather than thinking of myself in a power suit, you know, think of myself in a divine dress and, and feel into that power. Um, so I'm definitely, my, my mind is turning and I want to contribute as well a video, you know, thinking how to express my solidarity with, with mother earth and, um, bringing back the ease and grace and the gifts that, that were given. Um, mm. We'll work on that. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. We are going to continue this conversation. It is such an important one. And Shelly, I just want to thank you for joining Quincy and I in this conversation because it is so precious and valuable and important on our planet right now. So thank you, Shelly, for joining us. 
Well, thank you both for creating such an amazing space for it to happen. I so appreciate it. Mm, thank you. And thank you, Quincy, again. And thank you, listeners. It's bringing me back to that um, story of my cabin and being a stewardship and how I might shift um, myself in relationship with this with this sacred here that we're talking about today, too. So, listeners, thank you for joining us. I'd love for you to contribute and take part in this conversation. If you're inspired, um, leave us a note, give us your feedback, and we will continue this conversation conversation of women leading the change we want to see you're listening to the dr julie show all things connected and remember together we're creating connections for the good of the whole until next time i'm sending you a world of love bye for now